everybody. My name is Tony Barnes. I'm a father, husband, realtor with Keller Williams Pinehurst, professional musician, ambassador for Military Foundation, Camp Resilient North Carolina, and corporate leader for Patriot Foundation. I've always been fascinated by people. Everyone I meet, I try to hear as much of their story in whatever brief moment in time we share. Even the most average-seeming human could have a captivating story. This show is about unlocking the stories of the people that I've been fortunate enough to meet and those whose names have positively influenced the communities they serve that maybe I haven't met yet, but can't wait to. This show is simply called More or Less with Tony Barnes. More is in Moore County, the beautiful southern North Carolina community that many of us call home. And because some of these stories need to be shared much more. Less as in less serious, lighthearted conversations with one-of-a-kind humans about how they do more. Very classic. I guess that's why they call it classic rock. That's right, because it's classic. Class- the most classic. It's classy. Yes. And classic. Just like you. Well, thank you very much. And now our guest today has uh, another beard. We have another bearded guest. Well, sort of, if you want to call that a beard. I mean... Not really, but yeah, it's I beard. try. It's a beard. I try hard sometimes. Yeah, uh, so hmm. who's our guest today, Frank? Um, I believe his name's Tony. Like my name. Yeah, just like your name, in fact. It's very, very similar. It's strange. Weird. Yeah, I mean, his name, his last name is spelled, starts with a B. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I couldn't quite tell from the text you sent me, but I think it's Bairns. Bairns, like yes. a Scottish baby. Ah, a yeah, baron. A bairn. A bairn, <laughs> if you will. Is it Barnes? I think it, it is. Really weird. Barnes. It's like a, it's, it's obviously it's foreign. Like, right, it's a, it's kind of a saucy name, Bairnes. Bairnes. That is a, that's just tasty. Yeah. My mouth is watering as we speak. It's tasty. What yeah. is Bairnes sauce? Uh, that's a great question that I have no answer I for. I don't know. I just know that it's it's pretty yummy if you add it on a steak. Right. So Especially a rare steak. This is going to be the Realist 8. The Realist 8. Podcast. <laughs> you, and was, your, you and your puns, Frank. I know. I was thinking that that would be a great podcast if it was like a real estate agent who specialized in selling restaurants. Oh, yeah. They could real have estate. the Realist 8. I like it. I'll allow it. Um. But we thought it was, you, you uh, mentioned this a few weeks back, and you thought it might be time to revisit the, the Tony-verse. The Tony-verse, yes. Really, it's because I, I don't have a guest for today. Well, you know, hey. I mean, <laughs> hey, nobody, nobody ne- wants to talk to me Nobody anymore. needed to know that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a very transparent person, uh, Frank. You know, I, I don't like to... Fib. Is that what I see? Is that what I'm seeing? My mic just keeps floating up. It's, it did be. you bring a ghost in for uh, your guest? I don't know. Um, Seriously, so, it's going to happen again. There it goes. Yeah, so, you know, nobody wants to talk to me except Frank, but I appreciate that Frank wants to talk to me today. Yeah, I'm happy too. Your, uh, My your mic, mic is just giving me some trouble. Maybe if I do this. There you go. Boom. Look at that. Yeah, you're like a performer now. I'm like a, a professional almost. Mm-hmm. I know how to mic check. Microphone check. Is this thing on? Yeah, hello. Hello. I said ghosts. Anyway, if you can't tell, we uh, we don't know what to do with our hands yeah, today. I mean, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Yeah, generally speaking, just don't know what to do. But anyway, I thought about discussing you know, some 
basic real estate stuff and talking about um you know the county statistics for the lot for the beginning of the year and sort of how they compare to last year just generically speaking you know? nice yeah good so, like good some good info for people to know yeah and uh you know if we're just gonna shoot from the hip here and you know if there's any questions that you think of that maybe the yeah if you guys out there have any questions send them over we won't answer them but we'll get them <laughs> you can call in but nobody will yeah. answer your call yeah seriously my phone goes straight to voicemail yeah but you can call me now yeah 910-690-1454 that is my personal cell phone number and uh you know if you have a real estate question or uh you know, questions about life. Right. You can call me. Well, just leave the questions about life maybe around. Right. Well, if you have questions about life, maybe talk to Tony about being a guest on the podcast. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Because we can, we can explore those uh, life questions for sure on the show. But uh, I'm a little bit nervous. I just gave my personal cell phone number out. But then again, what, we got 12 listeners now? I mean, you so, know, you know, I like, I pad the numbers, you yeah. know. It's actually 40, 48 now. A little creative accounting. Actually, you're not that far off there. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. we, we actually did. I, you know, I always under, for for hu, uh, the humor, what's mm-hmm. the, for comedic <laughs> impact, I always don't, we always like to downplay it. But no, there, yeah. yeah, we're in the, you know, uh, decade. The double digits? Yeah, the <laughs> comfortably double digits. More than yeah. nine? Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm, I think I'm we impressed. hit in, in the, which podcast, and we're not going to name which one it was, but I think it was 93 that time we wow. checked. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 93 people mm-hmm. actually wanted to listen. Yeah. That's, that's you know, hey, I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, that's good. I think, you know, we have been subpar at marketing the podcast, you know, and which is on me, clear, of course, because that's kind of like my job. But Well, I need to create a Facebook page for it, for sure. Um, that time. Well, you know, I have a group, a pilot radio Facebook group now that I created uh, okay. recently. Oh, cool. So um, you haven't added me. <laughs> you know, that I, I'm so like facebook just, illiterate that like i was part of the group i was lucky enough that i was able to like tag you in that one post <laughs> Sorry. share the and i figured out how to share across the instagram and facebook oh that's that's hard stuff man i was doing it i yeah. thought i had done it and then it wasn't working yeah. but then i had to turn it on like mm-hmm. You got to hit the on button. Yeah, it's like I called support and they were like, did you turn it on? And I was like, <laughs> yes, the, oh, no, actually Shoot. I didn't. That would be something you should do. Yeah, Instagram, I can't, man. I know all the young bucks are on it. And they I, are. I, I'm old now, so I yeah. can say that. Uh, yeah. But I, I just, man, Instagram is like a foreign language to me. It's like German. It's t- Yeah, and I've never been one for social media. And so like people in our office are talking about certain things. I mean- I do know what uh, the I do know what um, po- there's a a type of posting that you do hmm. expletive posting. Oh, I don't even know. It about Starts this. with an S. Yeah. Well, huh. one of our. Oh, oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. There we go. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And one of the like very savvy social media users who's a little bit older than me. She didn't know what it was, and I was like, how do I know? And I'm never on social media what this is, and you don't, but I guess it just aligns <laughs> with my style of humor, because yeah. it's like, you know, just random. What it what it is, it's just like nonsensical post. It's like, it could mm-hmm. be a, a, it looks like a meme, but it's not a meme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, dis- a distinction there. You would look at some memes and be like, what is this? Mm-hmm. It's just a picture of something. Yeah. Something. 
Fine. <laughs> oh, man. What are we doing today, Frank? I don't even know what we're doing. Well, you know, this is our chance to just chill. Yeah. You know, we don't have anybody to... Instagram and chill. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, we don't have anybody to keep us on track. Yeah. You know? We're just, uh, we're just, we're just, we're just being. Yeah. Just be. Being. Frank. Real. Just be. Yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I promise I do real estate and I'm serious about it. <laughs> so, right, yeah, we you know. know, and you are. And, you know, so I think it is a good, uh, it was a good suggestion. And I think, mm. you know, we talked about your music in that first episode, a little bit about what you do as your, as your job now. Um, but I think it is good for the, for the people. For the, the people the to know. 30-ish people. Well, the world, the world will hear this. Yes, the whole world. And you can share this on, you know, your uh, Facebook. Absolutely. You know, you can be like, hey, I want to talk to you about real estate. Listen to this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Forget the first part. Just be like, jump past the first part. (laughs) (laughs) We get serious at some points here. You know, we like to have fun, but also we have some serious guests on. And I mean, I mean, everybody, we have some serious conversations for sure. And that's part of why we wanted to do this show, I think. And or it's at least evolved that way. And I'm really happy and proud to do this show because I feel like we've talked about some real issues and some serious issues but we can also be silly and have fun i mean what's life without a little bit of laughter you know yeah i think it is interesting how how quickly it evolved into us talking about you know i know we created that intro and you did want to you know you came in here wanting to not shy away from the things because you know you're on the board of the camp resilient foundation or i guess camp resilient mm. nc i don't know if it, mm. you would say the camp resilient foundation that's mm. not organization accurate. yeah, yeah. Mm. so you're on the board at camp resilient and you knew that you wanted to bring at least an element of the good work that camp resilient does and the mission of camp resilient and and uh patriot foundation and all that i know you wanted to bring that into the podcast in some way but you know at the beginning yeah i don't think either of us really had an end goal as to you know sometimes you come into a podcast and you're like and i don't really do this with any of my podcasts because a lot of people except for maybe the sway because they had their own established brand and they do their own thing and it's pretty um they've kind of got a formula going. They knew what they wanted to do. They wanted it to be like the newsletter, the voice of the newsletter. Um, But, you know, with other people who come in here, I'm like, just, you know, let's feel it out. And a lot of times we'll do one episode. And I think you and I just did that first episode. And that's what was the one that we released. Mm -hmm. But, you know, then people get an idea about, oh, like, okay, I feel more comfortable behind the mic and, and it gets ideas flowing and then they say, all right, now we, I want to jump in and episode two, typically there the second recording becomes the first episode for most of the podcasts. And, but I think it very quickly became a, an integral element to more or less was that we are talking about things that are important to people and things that impact people's lives most often on a daily basis because one they might wake up in the morning and have that initial hurdle to get over before they can get out of bed or you know all sorts of different experiences in life and i think that that's you know 
I mean, I love I love it because it is such an important. It, there are so many things that we've talked about that are just so important to people, and it's just mm-hmm. special that we can talk about that to people with people. Yeah. And it's really been awesome for people to be opening up to us, you know, knowing that this is, I mean, at least a few people listening to it, you know, yeah. but I think the cool thing about this is it's not live. So, uh, but it's also something you can just look on your phone and if you, you know, you can see maybe the summary of what it is, or if you've heard somebody talk about it, you can just look it up and nobody's going to know except you, you know, and, and if there's something about, you know, therapy or anxiety or depression or, you know, suicide or whatever that we've we touched on all those things you know yeah um, and that's important to me i just really feel like it needs to be talked about it's not talked about enough and people shy away from it for obvious reasons but that's you know it's become kind of the mission a little bit of of man i really love doing this because we're talking about real life you know um but on on the other hand there's a lots of fun and there's lots of uh humor and uh and just really cool stories that from everybody that's been here so it's just like it's amazing hearing the ups and downs and trials and tribulations of everybody, you know, yeah. and how they're hopefully getting through it or any kind of, you know, advice that they could share some story and it might help you somebody else down the road, I think is the whole reason why I want I want to do this now, you know. It's very yeah. very uh, you know, um fulfilling for me. So, you know, and I think there um I don't know why I was thinking about it the other day, but you know, we whole the whole pilot radio endeavor all the podcasts that i work on you know the ad department hasn't um made any sponsorship sales yet which by the way if you want to sponsor tony's podcast uh hit him up let him know let me know um you know advertisement we have a saying um a quote painted up on the wall in the advertising department that advertising makes possible the free press. I mean, it's because of advertisements that journalism is what it is, you know, and, and these podcasts as well. I mean, I um, have other things that I do here that allow me to do this, but hopefully I'd like to be able to do more and like to make this a more, you know, be able to market better and do all the things, you know, cause it all takes time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but the really special thing about podcasts and i think as a as hosts it's what i love about it as opposed to going out or in the world where you can connect with somebody sure but when you can sit down with somebody and have a longer discussion with them and really really get into something like we do that's matters to them and that they can talk a little bit longer about it because a lot of people i mean myself included I would be willing to talk to somebody about something, you know, when they ask, like, how's your day going? You know, a lot of people, you know, and I do this as well. Oh, it's fine. It's good. Oh, it's not that great or whatever. But then that's the end of the discussion. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if somebody's willing to listen, I'd be happy to talk more. But, you know, a lot of times in daily life, you don't, you know, you're not in that right frame of mind or you're not you don't have time because mm-hmm. you are just walking by them in the street on the way to work or on the way to lunch because you have a meeting. I have a meeting coming up and I don't, I'm just going to pick up my lunch and come back and eat it real quick before the meeting or whatever. And that's what I really love about doing this is that I can really interact with somebody and really take the time to listen to what they're saying. And 
mm-hmm. and learn about it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I've been a musician kind of groomed me for this um just talking to people in general and you're a musician you kind of have to you know to create a fan base or you just get to know people and i think i've always been a lot of people have this rightfully so presumption about musicians who you know they don't want to approach them you know they might have some sort of reputation as being cocky or whatever or you know they're not approachable but i think for me i've always you know it's not like i'm anybody special but you know played music for a living for 12 years and i think the biggest thing for me was just i've i've always been the same person you know I'd, i'm happy to talk to you i'll i'll talk to a drunk you know and just and and that's a little bit out of control and you know just to, just for fun you know, just, talk to, just like i mean because you never know what they're going through yeah. but I'll also talk to people that you know like man your music really you know the best thing i've ever heard all that i hear is just like man your music really made me happy today you know like i've, I've had a hard time or man it really it really influenced me after the neon rooster uh gig that i just played a couple of weeks ago for, I for had, friends of the aberdeen yeah, library friends of the aberdeen library which is great yeah. great cause if yeah. you don't want to sponsor the uh podcast donate to friends of the aberdeen library yeah terry marquez uh organized that and got uh, the mckenzie brothers band and myself there and then um you know um the owners of Derek numbers and his wife mm-hmm. the owners of uh, neon rooster and aberdeen you know allowed us to go out there and play and we donated our time as musicians and um you know, it's just uh, there was a guy, and I wish I knew his name, and I feel bad that I can't remember his name, but he, an older gentleman, came up to me and, and was like, Tony, I heard you play, like, I don't know, it was like seven, ten years ago or something, and he was like, it just inspired me, and I'm like, I, I, I don't, I haven't seen this, I don't remember, I hate to say it, I don't remember this person, but it, he just, he, I, at some point ten years ago, I, I influenced in a positive way somebody you know right. and he was like man i just started playing guitar like two years ago and i've been coming to the neon rooster now and 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 really i just wanted to tell you that you inspired me to do this and i'm like that's big man yes yeah. if, if, if whatever he was going through or maybe he wasn't going through anything maybe just got kind of a creative bug but whatever it was it sounded like it was important to him and yeah. that makes me <clears throat> you know happy just to have an effect on people you know in a positive way and in general just i mean being able to really listen to somebody's problems or listen to somebody's life i mean that's what i've always been intrigued by and that's why i want to do this shows because people have stories and, and they're not always happy they're not always sad but the thing is they're up, ups and downs you know and, and everybody's life is an up and down and you got to figure out how to get through the downs to experience the ups and right. and that's uh that's why i love talking to people because you know nobody's had this picture perfect life you know no matter how it looks on facebook or instagram you know yeah. everybody deals with some serious trauma and tribulations you know so i just want to be able to help people that way and i feel like that's helped me in my career as a musician and now as real estate i know we kind of sort of talked like this would be a real estate um centric show or episode today which well, is we'll, fine we'll but we, i like we'll yeah i like i mean you know we're just talking we're just talking you know yeah. we're talking about and I, I might just give a little you know history backstory of kind of how i got into certain things and try to keep it on real estate a little bit but i mean uh, I, I like talk i mean in general anything is just any success i've ever had in my life and anything i've tried to do is because of relationships and and networking and just knowing people you know and just people gravitate to people who are honest and who um you know really act like they care because yeah i do i, right. I want to hear people's stories you know so I yeah. think that's helped me a lot in I everything think, that I've done. I think you're right. I think it's hard not to, you know, just from personal experience, it's hard not to be drawn in when somebody is 
willing, you know, is actively listening to you. I mean, I think that's what what we do here is we're not just, you know, they're not just talking to us. We are a part of the conversation. We're listening to the, the guest. And, you know, I think anybody, it, you know, it's hard not to be drawn in and you want to be involved in a conversation, or at least I do. I want to be involved in a conversation that, you know, the more you talk, the deeper you get because you're both trying to make connections to what the other person is saying and and trying to relate and trying to find you know something that 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 you can relate to i mean and then you both relate to it and then you can get deeper i mean i just it's mhm and you know, yeah, i think you and i both have <clears throat> you know empathy you know I, I think empathy is a my i think you know my mom especially my parents you know kind of luckily instilled in me at a young age you know just to try to empathize with you know how somebody else's life is going you know like i mean because you're going to experience things that might be similar and even if you don't you know you have that if you empathize with somebody you feel you feel more you know you feel Mm. you're not so inclined to you know jump off the deep end and get mad about something i mean even though i do i mean we all do right but you try to understand what somebody else has been through or what they're going through and Nobody's perfect. I mean, you know. Yeah, and and it's it takes practice. You know, it's one. It's something that you need to practice. Like, and the first, for some reason, I'm remembering back when I was a young driver. You know, early on, and I don't remember exactly what happened or what led me to this kind of this practice. But, you know, somebody, of course, cut me off or something happened on the way to or from school one day. And I may have been in my AP psych class at the time or something, but, you know, it came, somebody talked to me or somebody said, you know, you never know what, why that person cut you off. You never know. They could have been on the way to the hospital or, you know, they could, there could have been any number of reasons why they cut you off and it's not it wasn't about you um they didn't cut you off because it was you they would probably they would have cut anybody off if they were in the same place that you were in Mm -hmm. and i mean that's when i started to try and practice that empathy that i started to and it's a very i mean it happens a lot you have a lot of opportunity if you drive to Take a second instead of being upset by something that happens on the road, just say, you know, what could be the reason? You know, you could just come up with any reason, but that's the practice. That's the beginning of the practices. You know, sure, you can say to yourself, why? Okay, they must be, but take that extra step for me. It was taking that extra step to say, what could it be or what would cause me to do that? And then it just helps me at, at least. And that's why I did it initially is because no, I don't want to be angry. Like I don't, I didn't want to be upset. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to have my day ruined because I'm constantly thinking about why this person cut me off or that they cut me off. Mm-hmm. Not just what, not why, but the fact that they cut me off and it upset me. Oh yeah, no, I get it. It's 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 hard. I mean, in the heat of the moment, it's always hard for right. You know, and 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 like I said, nobody's perfect. I mean, I got upset <laughs> last week. Uh, I normally don't post dramatic things on Facebook, you know, but uh, the other day I was really mad because 
Uh, I won't name who it is because I don't want to blast them on this. Even I think I, I saw that. that day. But anyway, you know, my water got cut off and I was mad because it was I was a little late. But it's like, man, seriously, you know, and I just thought maybe it was uh, something I should post online and maybe I shouldn't have. But I, I felt I felt good about it doing. I mean, not good. I just I you, you felt that it was necessary at at the time you yeah. know you wanted to say something and yeah and we and i and like i said I, I try my best to to not be that guy but I, you know we all we all fall short sometimes you know and so. and i think it is hard to be empathetic of bureaucracy or yeah. towards bureaucracy <laughs> yeah, because right. you know it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of a machine <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah but no i i've i've really enjoyed doing the show and uh, you know, we touched on it the very first show about music and real estate and everything. And um, now this thing's evolved a little bit. And, you know, I'll just kind of tell how kind of I got into real estate this time rather than yeah. as much on the music. But, you know, there'll be that's part of my life. So I'm sure there'll be some music related stuff. Well, here. so let's let's start there. You were <clears throat> in Wilmington at yeah. the time. Right. And you had found you and your wife found out that uh, you were expecting a, a Mm-hmm. To be three instead of two. A what now? To three, be three. Three people. Oh, gotcha. Instead yeah. of two people. Yeah, no, I you're right. Realize, I don't you know, know the math, man. One plus one, what's that? What? No. One plus <laughs> one kidding. is three. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, so in 2017, uh, I was living in Wilmington and my wife and I had moved there. She was my, well, we got married in 2016, but we moved to Wilmington in 2015. Uh, you know, and I played music at the time uh, for a living, and so Wilmington was an attractive place. I mean, they paid a little bit less than Moore County did at the time, which might be surprising to some people. But at the same time, you could play anywhere, you know, any day of the week. I mean, it's mm-hmm. in Wilmington, especially, I mean, the spring and summer, so I could play seven days a week if I wanted to. And that was attractive to me, pl- being close to the water. I mean, we lived five minutes, we rented a place five minutes mm-hmm. from, you know, a marina. We could just, a public boat dock. We, we had a little boat that we had bought um, and for like three thousand dollars with a trailer and it ran barely but it ran and uh wait, we, wait what kind of boat was it uh i think it was a sun sun something i can't even remember because it's it's just it, it was an old boat right it was, it was like, just like whatever you could find i do remember it had a 1988 johnson motor on it nice. so it's like Classic. <clears throat> uh but <clears throat> excuse me but with they the don't trailer, make them like they used to no but come to find out you can't even it's hard to find anybody to work on johnson's anymore because a lot of the parts i guess are from i've been told are not readily available huh. anymore so um but you know we still have the boat but it doesn't run um but we bought that boat you know shortly after after we got there and so i mean that was our life we were we were just just married uh i was playing music you know five to seven days a week and on our off time you know she had a little little job and in her off time we would you know go fishing just about every other day and get out on the water and it was i mean that's life goals right mm, yeah you know? definitely and then you know 2017 we found out we were pregnant and um you know, my wife, you know, I was heartbroken at the time, but my wife had the foresight to really be like, look, we got to go back home. And you to know? to be clear, you were heartbroken about moving. Yeah, heartbroken. Yeah, not heart- <laughs> yeah sorry. Not heartbroken about having a child. Forgive me. No, that was no. exciting. Best decision ever, right? Yeah. I mean, seriously, I love my children. I mean, beyond belief, but, but yes, thank you for clarifying that. I mean, I just, for leaving just the beach, didn't you want know? to, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. you've said it before. So. Relatively speaking. Yeah. You for know. those new listeners, <laughs> yeah. he really does love his family <laughs> and his children. Heart, I was not heartbroken because I was having a child. No, <laughs> uh, no I, I was ecstatic about having a child, scared like everybody yeah. pro- probably is when they first you know have a child and or, or about to, you know, you know life, you, you know, it's going to change. You just don't know how 
really it's going to change and it really right. does you know i mean and that's but that the best change ever you know it's the best thing that ever happened to you you have this person that you created with your significant other or whatever and it's just it's an amazing feeling and it's also a scary feeling and it, and it gives you anxiety because you're like okay we gotta keep this 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 thing alive you know we gotta make sure it's happy and fed and not dead you know die. did you know oh god man yeah, yeah. Sorry. talk about sorry. talk yeah. about the random fear of death yeah. that jumps into your head Ugh. when you're a parent yeah uh, or don't we don't need to talk about yeah. that because yeah, it happens right. enough yeah, it happens exactly. every day yeah. um did you know that you were gonna have a girl um i guess we did you we, ever find we out? did we decided to know once they could know i yeah, guess so i that think was, it's like 16 weeks or something so yeah yeah somewhere so, in there yeah we found out we we're having a girl and that's what my wife expected i mean my wife's family 40 years of nothing but girls in really? her whole extended family so it was like the curse of the boys you know the last boy was her older brother who was substantially older than her, her. um you know so you know we had we had her but the whole thing was you know, I was I was I had gotten there. I'd gotten established in Wilmington. You know, which was hard to move places and become a musician where I'm full time booked. Mm-hmm. You know, there. I mean, I I worked hard to get in the circles, and people were like, you know, yeah, you need to book him and stuff. And so, I I mean, that was and that, that was something that I was really proud of. And it took me a little while, but I finally established myself as a musician in Wilmington, which is a lot bigger city than Moore County, and I was, um, you know growing a little bit of a name for myself and yeah it's like as big of a city as more county as a county yeah oh yeah exactly yeah pretty <laughs> yeah. much yeah uh, if actually probably bigger uh, you're yeah. probably right yeah yeah um but you know so i was doing that having having fun we were fishing you know all the time and then we, we had my child or we were about to have our first daughter everly and thankfully my wife did have the foresight to be like look we're going home you know because our family's here and, and i grew up here and, and i already had opportunities here obviously it wasn't it was easier to come back here and, and you know play music again because i had all the bars and venues right. and stuff so it wasn't like i had to move careers or anything but i knew right finally when we moved back we, my my parent my mother and father-in-law um, they let us stay in their um, you know basement part of their house uh, for few months and um you know when we had the, the baby and everything just save some money and get you know get ready for some stuff we had a little bit of money saved up and that you was know, uh, generous of them for yeah sure. very yeah. yeah and i appreciate that and and it was a full house over there and i'm sure that it wasn't easy on them and but you know after after we kind of got established you know i was I, I knew i needed to do something you know different than just music and this was the winter roughly the fall and winter time of 2017 where music usually slows down a little bit and you know things are kind of slower so um i had just had the idea i know a friend of mine um patrick phillips who actually is a musician as well and i i had moved to nashville in my younger years he had moved to brooklyn to be a musician he's okay. a bass player and he's also a real estate agent that's how it kind of i was like man he was a real a full-time musician and did the thing and then came back and became a successful realtor and, and his family was in it too but th- that was something that he did and i, I, I admired that and I, so i called him i was like hey we think how's this, how do you like real estate like what you know he was like I don't remember the exact conversation, but he said, man, it's a really, it's a really great career. I mean, you can make good money and you can, um, you know, provide and do things. And I was like, man, this sounds good. So I just, I, on a whim, I knew nothing about real estate or mortgages or anything. I mean, I hadn't, hadn't owned a house cause I had been a professional musician you know, for, right. for a long time <laughs> and professional musicians typically don't make a lot of money yeah, unless yeah. you're really, uh, somebody, but right. Anyway, long story short, you know, I just was like, man, you know, I know that every I was thinking to myself, you know, I've got a child now, every every billionaire, not that it's about making all that money, but every 
successful person has a, 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 a portfolio with real estate in it. I mean, real estate is it's one of those things that just inherently valuable, you mm-hmm. know, because there's only so much of it. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, we had bought um, we just had a little bit of money saved up and had uh, saw that there was a price reduction in Seven Lakes West where I kind of grew up around that area. And I knew the area it was across from Lake Almond. And it was like it dropped from twenty five thousand to fifteen thousand, and I was like, we had like thirteen grand in the bank. Just I was like, we need to invest in something, you know. And we're uh, so we just made an offer for thirteen thousand on this lot, and they accepted it. It was some older family from uh, Minnesota who'd never even, never even like uh, did anything with it in many years, and and they were like, sure, let's just you know do it, and that instantly opened my eyes because i mean even a year and a half later i sold that and made you know i sold it for twenty four thousand, and then i got the listing from the buyer because fast forward a little bit i became a real estate agent so <laughs> uh, from the builder i'm sorry but long story short you know when i when we bought that land I, that was when a light bulb went off in my head i was like i want to i want to look into real estate so just uh talked to my wife's sister's um uh, a significant other at the time and, and i was like hey do you want to because we had both just moved from wilmington we all kind of moved her sister moved back at the same time okay. with her significant other and her child so we all kind of moved back at the same time and he so he was looking he just got out of college he was looking for a job he's like hey let's let's i was like let's do real estate you want to go take the class in fayetteville and he was like yeah let's do it so he him and i took the crash course in real estate in fayetteville every morning um and for five days a week and then after a month we took the class test and then you know uh, after that we had to take the state exam and, and uh, the federal exam or the you know national exam or whatever and, and luckily I passed both of those at, you know in the first try but it was not and so did he but it's it's one of the evidently North Carolina is one of the hardest ones in the country to to pass it's like really difficult um, and it was I mean I, I went from knowing nothing into a month of I mean, every night with a three month old God bless my wife you know she really helped a lot there um you know i was going gone every day five days a week for you know for a month and but every night i, I got home and i'd have to read like two large chapters in a book about you know three inches thick or four inches thick and 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 it was just all stuff that i had no idea about but i was so really devoted to like i knew i needed to do something it was like i never studied this hard in college you know like this was like i knew it needed to happen and it was i had one chance to do it so uh, man, you, you learn so much from mortgages to finances to um, you know, real estate. Obviously, all all things real estate, commercial, you know, um, residential leases, uh, all things that you just it's such a big world out there that you that I know nothing about. But yeah. it's like it, it intrigued me once I got into. it. I was like, wow, this is there's just so much opportunity and things out there to do. And not everybody knows anything. I mean, you know, most people buy one or two or maybe three houses in their entire lifetime. And, you know, they, they, they have no idea because they don't, it's something that is just kind of abstract to them. You know, they just, they think, okay, well, I'll just get a realtor and, and, and hopefully find a house. And they learn a little bit as they go, but most people don't, you know, most people used to just buy a house and live in it for 40 years, you know? Um, So it's kind of a foreign language to most people. So I knew it was valuable information, but anyway, I started, you know, I, I just learned so much in a month, took the course, um, you know, passed everything. Came back uh, to Moore County and, and interviewed with like 10 different firms just to see who was the good fit. I, I felt like I could be really successful at it because I had already established a network of a network, you know, mm-hmm. I, from being a musician and growing up here. Like I had friends and family and also had a, a pretty large network of people that I had met military and, and non-military over the years in different venues and bars and things that I've talked to. And and uh, I knew I could mold that into 
a successful real estate right, business. or at least leverage it and some to to grow a different network yeah so i think i had a, a one foot closer to success because of my music career and my network but because yeah. it's it's hard for a lot of people that may, a lot of military spouses you know move here and they don't know anybody and so i really really respect and there's been several at keller williams that come and have, know nobody and then I've, i know very very many at keller williams who have um and elsewhere who have just in the same time i've done it even outproduced me by a whole lot that were that knew nobody and there were military spouses that moved here so that is super impressive to me mine was more like i already had kind of a network locally so that helped me a lot but fast forward a little bit we uh, i interviewed a bunch of firms and uh and settled on keller williams mainly because my old art teacher kimberly stout who has been a mentor of mine um she was she was an honest person i uh, she was an art teacher she was really kind of like who I, I molded my like thought I was sort of like like an honest person like nice down to earth not somebody who's like money 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 you know like just I caring felt like, yeah because I'm a teacher and an art teacher exactly. got that a teaching bone you know yeah, like yeah. Yeah, I, I, I sort of feel like I Some have empathy. similar qualities yeah exactly yeah. so she I was like okay well she's not like this you know real like bit major like um thing in the sky that's just mil, you know just let's sell as much as we can and blah blah blah. she's like a real life human which at the time i had no idea what real estate agents were like right. other than what i <laughs> saw you know so and there are some that are that want to be mega agents and all these things and there's nothing wrong with that and there, you but, know there's always in uh media there's always a portrayal that you're going to see like on a tv show or a movie of any industry mm-hmm. but real sales and general yeah. i think whether it's reputation. real estate car salesman ad salesman like they all kind of mm-hmm. it's easy for a media or like a movie to portray them as kind of out for themselves yeah. only and all that so oh, yeah, yeah completely yeah no absolutely and that you know and that, there's no i mean i get why people have that sort of perception general generically speaking about real estate agents and attorneys and mm. you know things like that and car salesmen um but that and that's also why i knew i think i could separate myself because whether that stereotype was somewhat true or no, not true at all or whatever, I knew that I was honest and humble and I would work hard. And those three things I, I, I feel are valuable in any, yeah, career, I any industry. To, I was thinking when you said that, that that'll make you successful no matter where oh, you are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Kim Stout was like that. And I knew, I, was, I knew if she could be successful, she's part owner of Keller Williams. She was, uh, you know, she's slowed down in, in the last few years just because she can. And, you know, rightfully so she deserves yeah. retirement and all that, right. but, <laughs> but she's part owner of Keller Williams. And so I saw her success and I was like, and she's, she has qualities that I admire that I hope that I can portray as well. And, and so I felt comfortable. So I went with Keller Williams and, and I've been there for five years. Um, but, you know, at the beginning, it's one thing to take the class and then, and then uh, you know, th- then you have to really practice real estate, you know. So <laughs> it's like practicing real estate is a big is a big difference than just taking the class and passing it. So, you know, the first year is usually always tough for every real estate agent. Um, you know, I think I sold like. I think it was like from April to to the end of the year. So, you know, not a full year, but I sold like maybe a million and a half. You know, it sounds like a lot, but in but, eight months and when or you whatever. Say, when you say that, that that's the total value of the houses that were sold. Yeah. So, yeah. so what that's you're, not what I made. Right. Yeah. Your commission is going to be a yeah, usually fraction two, of that. Yeah. And, and a lot of people may not realize that you pay your firm, you know, a, it's called a sales split or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, a split that you have with the firm so to to be able to hang your hat you're an as a real estate agent you're an independent contractor but so you get a 1099 at the end of the year you're not okay. an employee in, mo- in most cases you're not an employee of 
the firm that you right. hang Unless your hat on. you're like maybe uh, Kim, Kim Stout might yeah, be. If you're part owner or yeah. ad, uh, administrator or you work for somebody at the firm. like <clears throat> So the leadership is on like the payroll or whatever. Right. But <clears throat> as a musician, I mean, as a uh, realtor, you, you mainly you're, you get 1099 at the end of the year. You pay your own taxes. You don't get health insurance. That's a big thing. I have to pay that. You know, mm-hmm. But I was sort of used to that as, as a musician. But, um, you know, so – so yeah, the, the typical commission is like two, anywhere from two to three percent for residential sales. You know, for whatever uh, gross amount that you sell, right? But that's not true because you pay a split. So at that mm-hmm. time, the splits were thirty six percent of everything that I made went to Keller Williams Pinehurst, and then another three percent went to um, uh, Keller Williams International mm-hmm. until you cap. At the cap at a certain point. Okay. Now, luckily, the cap has gone down in the last year or two with Keller Williams, which is very awesome. Now it's a lot more attractive, but um, you know that that took a great bit of the profits that you could make. Um, you know, and, and not many people cap the first year. You know, so basically, long story short, is your when you join a firm, typically it works uh, the next year, your anniversary date. Um, if if you sell a certain amount within that first year. Uh, at, you you cap, but you have to pay in and uh, like you know tens of thousands of dollars usually to to the firm, and then and then once you sell that amount, then you keep everything other than administration mm-hmm. fee, um, and you get a hundred percent commission, which is is nice. So yeah. the goal is to try to cap as fast as you can, and then you can make more money. So most people don't do that in the first year. Some people never do it, um, but luckily in in my second full year. I was able to cap, but I, I only capped with like a month, you know, like, <laughs> right. so I had a month of like, you just pray that you sell something. All right. uh, and then the third year I capped in like, uh, I think it was eight months. So I had four months, you know, and then last year I capped in, I think three months, uh, three or four months. And then this year as well, you know, the year that we're in, I've been capped, you know, I was capped in three or four months as well. So, so I have like, you know, seven eight months of 100 commission which is is awesome that's yeah. how you can really make money if you keep it consistent you know but kind of went ahead of myself there but just long story short you build you build it just like anything else the first year or two it was kind of slow and i thank god for those first clients I ever had the friends and friends of family you know you need you need those people who are not afraid to support you um you know at the beginning to build anything and that's with music that's with anything yeah. Yeah. um so I'm really appreciative of all those who have who gave me a chance in the beginning to now where I am now. Uh, you know, it's just it's awesome that they have supported me that way, especially in something as scary as real estate. So people, you know, knew me as the musician and they're like, well, can he really sell real estate? I mean, this is a big decision for my family. Am I really going to trust the musician with right? The guy that money? I saw in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe having a few beverages and uh, and smiling and laughing and playing music. But uh, I don't can he Can you do this? So, right. That was the, musicians are creative and real estate agents need to know money yeah need to right. be it's it's you know i did pride myself on being a professional in the music business because a right. lot of people a lot of musicians they do get you know they don't know how to deal i wasn't the best at business but i was good at people you know and mm-hmm. i was good at and i always showed up i mean unless i was that deathly ill i always showed up to my gigs i mean not, you know and i and i, and I keep it's, it's really hard to be a professional musician you have to keep a good calendar you have to um you know show up play set up by yourself sometimes i mean I, do, I was a solo musician mostly right. you know so i had to do it all um you know and i play i did play with other people over the years as I, I got through it but you know you can make more money doing it yourself so you know set up drive there set up make sure you have a reliable car you know money, enough money for gas set up play for three four hours in front of people that you don't know 
you know, try to you know pack everything up in your car and then then go home late at night and then do it again the next day. And and so it takes a lot of discipline to really do that for so yeah. many years. And yeah. and I learned that, uh, and I think it helped me and and everything else. But uh, back to the real estate, I think it took a couple of years, and then my third year, I, I noticed a big gain. Uh, like I went from selling like three, two to three million. Uh, I believe the third year I sold um, like f- five million, so almost kind of two thirds more, you know, the third year. And then the fourth year, last year, I went from like f- almost five million to like seven point three million. And this is not money I made. This is gross right, sales. The, yeah. yeah, and then and so you're looking at like, you know, you got to think a house can be anywhere from two fifty to. A million, maybe. Yeah, so yeah. you know, and we're lucky here. I mean, it is a hard thing. We'll touch about more actual real estate statistics here soon. But I'm just giving you the backstory, a long backstory, obviously. So hopefully you'll stay oh, with you us. Know. But right. Um, but yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's we're lucky in Moore County in one way as a real estate agent that uh, you know the prices are are good here and they and they and everything is consistent here because of all the factors that we have around it, right. which we'll touch on in a little bit, but. You know, that third, fourth year, I noticed a big jump. Uh, and then I sold again about the same amount. You know, I wanted to sell more, obviously, in the fifth year. Um, but I sold almost identical to what I did the year before. And I attribute a little bit of that to at the end of the year last year, the rates doubled. Things slowed down for a good, for me, a good month or two. And just a month or two slowing down kind of tapered my what I could have done more. Mm. Uh, but now I've seen it. So maybe we can jump in. That's kind of the back history of, you know, the real estate. That my real estate story, you know, people started trusting me, and I, I know what I'm talking about now, and and I'm, right. I've done it long enough that you know. Yeah, and so any of those people that may have been hesitant before, now you're experienced. Exactly. And, yeah, you can, they can go to Zillow and see. You know, I've sold anywhere from a trailer uh, that, but uh, I might add that they made double their money on in four years, which nice. was awesome. Yeah. Um, to uh, I have sold a $1.1 million, 75 acre horse farm, you know, uh, and that, and I've sold a couple, um, several luxury properties and, you know, that, that's been the biggest thing for me is like, you know, pe- these people trust me with this because now I know how to do this. And, and, you know, but the, the big thing I want to mention too, before we get too far and it wasn't just me, it takes a village to really succeed at anything. And Keller Williams, the reason I'm there for five years and I've never left Roy Harville, one who we interviewed yeah. up in the beginning, he's our, he was our broker in charge for almost three years, biggest mentor of my life and my career. Uh, he has helped me tremendously with learning how to sell land, learning how to sell commercial, multifamily. Uh, Angela Thompson Group, uh, Tammy Line, um, so many to name have helped me uh, and, and even listed properties with me together to learn how to do these various things. So. It's all been my success wasn't just created by myself. You know, I did the the legwork, but there was people that supported me to get to where I am today. You know, on that. So super. If you're ever thinking about getting into real estate, I mean, I would really uh, su- suggest looking at Keller Williams. I mean, anywhere they're they're everywhere. Um, you know, they're they the big thing about them is they they support you. It's not it's friendly competition. It's not like cutthroat. Like you know, everybody wants to get the listings, but. You know, we go in there and we're like, hey, there's enough for me to have success and for you to have success, you know, and I want to see you succeed. And that's what I love about Keller Williams. But um, so I would su- certainly suggest looking at them if you decide to get into it. And if you'd like to call me, if you're thinking about getting into real estate, Keller Williams does offer a free 
uh, pre-licensing class, which is fantastic. It's unheard of. Um, so you can actually take the classes for free. I had to pay when I was doing it five years ago. Most people have to pay. Um, so, you know, if you're interested in that, you know, give me a call for sure. Uh, I'm happy to help out with that. Or if you're interested in moving, switching brokerages, I'm now the growth um, on the growth committee of, of the ALC, which is the agent leadership committee at Keller Williams. So this year for 2023, um, I'm, responsible for uh you know a growth committee to help grow keller williams but not just grow grow from the outside so other agents who are interested maybe switching firms but also growing from within you know helping others succeed and that's been that's a big goal for me now is now that i've had some success i want to i want to really teach a little bit and and be and be there and advise for people because i think that's important you know to give back um and i've noticed that when you teach you learn even more oh absolutely yeah yeah it's very rewarding and, and so you know uh if you're interested in that as well i mean i'm happy to talk to you you know as well because that's part of what i volunteered for is to kind of grow the our local keller williams and and help those kind of succeed too um so you know so long story short i've, I've had a five-year career which seems like a little, little bit of time in the grand scheme of things it's not that long but where I was from the start to where I am now is just, uh, it's amazing how fast it's happened. And, and I'm in a great, I'm lucky that I'm in a great spot with a lot of support and Moore County, we have a very healthy market. So, so basically I'll, we'll go into the kind of the actual statistics. Um, you know, Moore County obviously has uh, a huge uh, military presence, especially in the last 10 years as Fort Bragg has grown, expanded. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people want to live in Moore County and commute to Fort Bragg, which is like 30, 45 minutes away, depending on where you're at. Um, because Moore County is just a little bit, it's not much as a, much of a city and it's got a little bit better reputation and, and things yeah. like that. I mean, historically, I think I've known that Fayetteville was where the soldiers lived. Uh, if you were on Fort stationed at Fort Bragg, mm-hmm. you lived in Fayetteville. I mean, yeah. And as Roy Harville touched on one of the previous episodes that, um, in the last really last 10 years for sure. And maybe 13, 14 years since 2009, I believe, or 2008, there was just this huge influx of military uh, officers and people I that think, come. I think it um, really, my understanding is that when the base drawdown happened, that a lot of uh, soldiers, officers, and non-coms were moved from other bases around the country to brag because their base was closed. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge influx of uh, population influx mm-hmm. caused people to move um up this way because you know i and fayetteville didn't grow overnight but fort bragg did mm-hmm. you know essentially yeah and and people don't mind the commute because you get a little bit more of a small town feel here and you yeah. have and so they've really they have really exponentially grown more county like more county's growth is exponential in the last 10 to 15 years because of the military community and and they they give so much just as a sidebar so much to our, our community i mean this these these businesses and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and, i mean you know our riveter was on you know shark tank yeah. and i mean there's military spouses who have a yeah, great they, success story they add to the economy but they also add to tourism exactly yeah. yeah and and you know all these breweries and restaurants and 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 uh just really arts artsy mm-hmm. things and, and really they bring a lot to the community and so thankful for them but also we have this lucky little bubble that we're in a good bubble that we have not only the military community that um constantly every three or four years they're they're moving here pcsing buying selling mm-hmm. renting you know doing that and, and com- contributing to the, co- the economy we also have pinehurst obviously that was the biggest draw in history of this area is the golf community right. obviously we all know it's one of the best golf 
resorts in, in, in the world and uh, and and many people retire here and want to be and, and visit here and want to be a part of Pinehurst Golf. And that's helped us tremendously in real estate and in the economy here. And then we also have an, a thriving equestrian community with, uh, you know, many horse farms right. and just down the road in Rayford. Was it the Carolina Horse Park, right? Uh, yeah, it is. I think it's technically in Rayford. Yeah. yeah. I know it's like outside of. But yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The yes. Carolina Horse Park, it's, which I didn't realize is one of the like it's a worldwide destination really? as well yeah wow, i mean okay. it's uh, uh yeah it's yeah. one it's for actually i i don't want to speak out of turn because i don't really know but one of the people that worked here um until last year would go all over the world doing um competitions and she would wow. say that yeah one of them of course there's a gigantic one that is really really nice outside closer to charlotte but um carolina horse park is is renowned as well that's awesome so we do get we we get quite often i've sold i I know very little about horses uh but i have sold four or five horse farms in my life thanks to some clients that i've had and um you know and i've learned a lot about it but uh we have a thriving equestrian community all in different parts of the county i mean Mm -hmm. in hoke county for sure you know, vast um, southern pines obviously is the is the most right and sought after up you know. towards the Walt, Walter Moss yeah. Foundation yeah. area. There's actually the NC State Equine yes. Vet School is here. Mm-hmm. That is a very good point. Mm-hmm. So we have an education I was going to get to as well. Um, you know, the equestrian community is huge. Um, we also have a thriving medical community now, right? Because First Health, more regional hospital, and that the whole uh, area is just. I mean, some of the best doctors around for a small town you know and i think it's still it's one of the only i mean for it's it's the largest well now i'm going to try and speak out of turn again <laughs> it's highly rated i know that and for it's, small it's town. still independent like yeah. there was a big hospital out in charlotte or west of us um that was one of the i think the only one that was bigger this is where i'm not exactly sure on my um facts but uh the only one of the largest independent hospitals in the country or in the state just like more regional is but that was bought by Aetna uh, two years ago or something so mm-hmm. I think I mean more regional is one of the largest independent hospitals in the region yeah it's, it's a fantastic facility and they you know they're just uh, so thankful to have that here you know I, I think it probably I don't know anything about the, uh, the history of that but other than I would say probably came about because we did have a lot of retirees that moved here and the average mm-hmm. age of Moore County used to be a lot older and you know with, with age become, comes things that necessary you know uh, you know uh, facilities that you need to yeah, with eight great age yeah. comes great response oh no that's a different quote Sorry. <laughs> yeah great great wisdom but also <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> unfortunately aches and pains and other yeah, things yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. so, so i think that's one thing too uh, obviously and what you touched on education you know we have sandals community college is one mm. of the t- highly rated community colleges i believe in in the country but definitely i think it's state. up there yeah i mean i know wake <laughs> tech is like in the top 10 in the country and Sandhills is not that far after that, so mm-hmm. you're not that far behind them comparatively. Yeah, it's yeah. a fantastic facility, and you know, uh, I went there only for a semester and then I transferred to Appalachian State. But you know, I would suggest to anybody, especially for financial aid reasons and all that. I mean, go oh. go to Sandhills for two years and then transfer. You yeah, know, like I it's would, an amazing college. I think I was I'm so impressed with what Moore County Schools is doing to partner with them, and I'm sure it's um, coming from both sides. You know, they're just really doing a lot. It's great. It's a great point because it is. They're doing a lot. You can be a student at Moore County uh, schools and go there 
part-time and work to get a degree, an associate's degree while you're still in high school and then have credits Mm -hmm. that you can transfer to college. And I think as what Moore County Schools does for homeschoolers, you can go to part-time to Moore County Schools, I think as young as elementary school, and then uh, take advantage of the one, like all the extracurriculars that the normal school system has. And then when you get to high school, even if you're still doing that part-time program, you can still take advantage of the partnership between Moore County Schools and Sandhills Community College. So you can do all three, homeschool, um, you know, traditional high school, and get your associates. I mean, it's, yeah, it's That's just awesome. really... Yeah, and, and so I think uh, the all of those things together work as a symbiotic, uh, you know, uh, good bubble for for Moore County to really have a great economy, you know, sustainability. Like we don't we don't suffer recessions typically as hard as the rest of the country does, mm-hmm. or smaller counties outside, or the you know more I mean, impoverished yeah. counties I mean, outside at, of Moore. So right. we're very fortunate where we are, obviously. Um, yeah, so, it's, it's the whole one plus one equals three. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You and know, we, that, works, that yeah. is that is the math. I promise I know how to do math because, you know, compar- you, yeah, comparable you, market analysis on homes. I'm very good at pricing I homes think, now. You know, I wasn't. You can then. point to your deals and yeah. your history, your history of the last five years and prove <laughs> yeah. that you can do math. I think. Yeah, we're just joking. But, you yeah. know, price per square foot is the thing that you obviously and, and well, this this is a good segue. So I have about 20 more minutes. And uh, so I want to dive a little bit into the actual deep statistics of Moore County in general um, now com- compared to roughly what it was like a year or two ago. And, and you know, also just some basic things that I that, that m- many people may not know about basic real estate, how yeah. to sell or buy a house. Um, yeah, I think that's great. So first, maybe we'll go get into kind of um, the statistics. So right now, between from January until February 14th, we've had for me, I know it's been surprisingly, it's been a, a um great start to the to the year and end of last year even in spite of rates so a lot of people maybe especially a couple months ago were so thinking that how, when you say rates what do you mean so yeah interest rates you know okay. um, interest right. rates interest of, rates. of uh, to get a mortgage you know you have to have an interest rate that's how the bank makes money uh the pandemic you know they they had to lower that rate tremendously to help you know because there was such uh, financial instability and things that came from all these people getting laid off and from you know the, the things that came with yeah, the pandemic for the, for the people that who are you know less financially stable interest rates being high can be an issue yeah credit yeah. cards i mean it affects credit cards it affects mortgages it affects car sales everything really i mean your credit i mean you know you can you if the lower the rates are the more you can buy right if you right. depend on your credit score and all that interest rates were you know at you know two three at the pandemic they lowered so much even some va uh buyers which is veterans you know the veterans affairs buyers that are military prior military they can put zero percent down they have benefits of being in the in the united states military that uh for their life they have you know um they get a lower interest rate typically you can put zero percent down so you don't have to come out of pockets to help veterans buy homes and and establish themselves you know establish wealth and all that um so you know v, typically they have, government loans typically have the lowest interest rates because they're backed by the government mm-hmm. um so you know it got as low as i heard some people with great credit got i mean down towards two percent or less i mean unheard of in the entire history of the united states um that was you know two one to two years ago 
uh, now they have they they doubled from what the average was about three to three point two five for for stuff. They they doubled even more than doubled to seven almost um, a month or two ago. Now they've steadily been creeping down a little bit. I don't know what they are today, but you know six percent to six point five percent, maybe a little bit below six is kind of the range I believe right around now, um, and that's expected to kind of trickle down a little bit. They think you know in the next year or at least be somewhat stable. Trickle, uh, trickle up. Yeah, yeah, something right. like that. Uh, Wait, sorry. No, uh, so the interest rates would hopefully, I mean, they think they're going to trickle down. So get a little bit lower, uh, oh, oh. but it depends on a lot of different things. Right. I mean, but they sorry, have, I see. I, I was yeah. jumping ahead or <clears throat> behind or something. Yeah, but they've they've gone down a little bit since the high of like 7%. Um, but you can, you know, you can buy a lot more the lower the interest rates are. So they cut a lot of people's purchasing power down a lot. You know, I mean, a third at least, if not more. Um so, you know, you used to be able to – last year you could be approved for a $300,000 house. Now it's like well, actually $200,000. You know, like, I mean, it's right. a, a big all difference. Right. So um, – because you have to pay interest and, and all that, and, and that adds up, you know, just a few per, percentage points on a $300,000 right. purchase is a lot of money over the time. Um, so, you know, uh, I mean, right now the cool thing about it is inventory has been creeping up. So last year about this time, I mean, you – the inventory was so low by inventory. I mean, the amount of homes that are for sale on the market, they were, I mean, 125, I think 150, uh, in all of Moore County, which sounds like a lot, but that is historically low. I mean, you got to think of all the people that move here. And I mean, that's the only at any given time, that's how many houses are available. And that's not a lot at all. So that kind of forced in the last two years, the inventory has been that low for a long time because of the pandemic, it forced, uh, you know, prices to go astronomical, which happened throughout the country really, but yeah. in Moore County, we saw, we've historically been low in pricing. The South has just had, you know, everywhere else in the country, their prices have been steadily climbing for many, many decades. You know, the South has historically been cheap. Like it's cheap to buy a house, you know, and it's still, this is what people don't realize, especially about Moore County, but in the South in general is that real estate is still extremely inexpensive here compared to almost everywhere else in the country, the Northeast, hmm. the, the West, the Midwest, all of it. Cause I mean, I mean, those prices have been steadily climbing for decades. So, you know, people that for instance, sell their house in New York or California, you know, they sell a fifth, say they sell a 2000 square foot house, a 2000 square foot house in certain areas, they probably got, you know, $600,000 for that or more, you know, depending on where they're at, they can come here and buy a 2000 square foot house in Aberdeen for, you know, 350, yeah, you know, 400 yeah. maybe. So that's, I mean, that's, that makes their, their dollar go far. And that's another reason why more County is attractive and the South is attracted to move from other areas because of that reason, you can get a lot more house. Um, so, you know, the good news there, my point is that the, the inventory of houses for sale has gone up. Um, it's still pretty low, uh, which actually helps the real estate market a little bit, but uh, because there's still enough buyers and there's still an an influx of buyers that are a little bit more than the inventory can hold. So the inventory needs to go up. I mean, that to be a little bit more healthy, but people don't realize, you know, so we got about 246, actually today it was uh, 231 active houses for sale in Moore County, Um, 118 that are pending. So Mm-hmm. Um, a year ago or so, there was maybe 125 to 175, somewhere in that range, depending on any given day. Um, so it's gone up a good bit, which is good, but it's still low and it needs to go up more. Does that fluctuate daily? Yeah. I mean, so it just depends on how many new listings there are and how many pending ones that go under contract. So interestingly enough, the days on market, so this is important. So days on market means from when you list it to the average days on market, when you list it to when it goes under contract. Um, you know, so, so right now, uh, the average days on market is 57 days. Now it sounds like a lot, but actually that's still really fast. Yeah, that's, a year ago, 
it was you know roughly 21 days on the market wow. and and that's and but the thing is is most that's including all the depressed houses that were that needed that, that stayed on the market for a year you know like even back then if there was a house that was falling apart you know that include that's the average that includes those that stayed on the market a long time most houses honestly a year ago two years ago were under contract the first weekend if not the first day with 10 offers or more on them so that was a huge thing right so it, the, the days on market have more than doubled in the last year which is good but it's still under 57 days is historically uh, fast still. Mm-hmm. I mean, houses are still to this day, uh, you know, I just got one under contract, um, you know, in the $450,000 range uh, in Southern Pines this past weekend that was, you know, on the market for nine days. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, that's kind of long, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, so instead of like three days or a, a day, with 10 offers, now you're seeing like, okay, a week, two weeks, and they're going to contract for maybe list price, or some are still going above list price. Really? I mean, quite a bit too, because I've had one in particular that did. Uh, so there's still a healthy buyer market and seller's market here. Uh, but the good news for buyers is that you can uh, you can sometimes, uh, and oftentimes, still ne- you can now negotiate again. You can negotiate a little bit off maybe the price. You can still negotiate a little bit off uh, repairs if you get mm-hmm. inspections and something comes up. The seller's more willing to do stuff now because it's not not as crazy as it was the flip side the sellers are still i mean i've got a seller that got got um quite a few thousand not a few i mean we're talking i don't want to mention i mean i don't want to get in trouble but you know we're talking tens of thousands of dollars mm. above what it was listed for and this was just last month so um which is which was common last year which like, is absolutely common last year almost every house did that yeah. um but this is still happening there's still multiple offers in certain situations in right. certain houses depending on that right but generally speaking it's good for buyers now because first time buyers can they can get contingencies again last year you were having to give your firstborn child to get a house you know write a letter and all this <laughs> right. stuff uh now you don't necessarily have to do that on all of it and you can negotiate uh, a little bit more but we need the inventory to go up but a lot of i've heard people say you know that oh the real estate's going to crash and we're going to have foreclosures and and things and and they're waiting they might be waiting around and sitting on the sidelines well i'll tell you it's probably not a good idea especially in moore county if you really have the ability and you want to own a, an asset that typically appreciates there's only like two times in history where houses have really depreciated a, a decent amount i mean and that was the 2008 financial crisis, mm-hmm. and then maybe the Great Depression. You right, know? I mean, those right. are the two that really the Great stand Depression out. and the Great Recession. Exactly. Has, yeah. yeah. So out of the last hundred so years, I mean, you're talking two times that, that houses actually typically depreciated deep, uh, in value. So, right. you know, typically you see. Um, I don't know more county statistics, but I should. I need to look them up. But typically, you see, generically speaking, in, in the United States, that an average year of a house appreciates three to five percent depending on what location and region you are, that can vary because real estate is a very localized thing. You need to get a local agent to that really knows the market. Um, so in Moore County, I bet that's a little bit more because of our growth. Right, right. But, uh, you know, average, you know, 3, 3%, which if you think about 3% on a $300,000 house, I mean, that's good money every year that you're appreciating. You know? Yeah, reference back to your comment about mortgage rates, you know, mm-hmm, you when go. you get, when you're up in that six-digit, you know, even one percent is a, a decent amount, but then yeah, two three percent on, you know, three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. That's uh, you know, that's close to a hundred thousand. Yeah, and that's typically the way it has been historically, right? So since the pandemic, though, Moore County speaking, most almost every decent home in Moore County, if you bought at the beginning of the pandemic in twenty twenty, uh, right now three almost three years later. 
you, you, you've appreciated 50% or more on your house in three years. That's an average of mo- almost 20% a year. I mean, you know, whatever the math is, it's a lot. Now, if you're talking about... What about I mean, if you bought like seven years ago? Oh, even more. Really? That's the thing. Yeah, seven years ago. If you bought in 20, anywhere from 2008, nine to 2012 or 13 and even a little bit after that i mean you're sitting on over a hundred percent probably of i mean what you paid for it to what you can get i mean that's it's amazing that's not normal for that span but that also depends on the the construction right like a an older house you might not get that well it depends on if you've updated if you Mm -hmm. can make an older house you know uh, be essentially new really with the right amount of money so the the thing is is that you know real estate in general has always been a good investment in most places um but lately it's been a just crazy good investment i mean a short period of time you're probably not going to see a 50 percent gain on housing probably in our lifetime again in three right. years i mean you know averaging you know 16 17 18 percent a year is not going to happen probably again in our lifetime but three to five percent gains every year is historically the average so i mean you 10 years you're, you're sitting on 30 percent. so really this used to be this used to take 10 to 15 years to get 50 percent, right so but but even if it slows down you're looking at typically in 10 years you might make 30 percent on a three hundred thousand dollar investment so you know if I, I i was fortunate enough to buy near the beginning of the pandemic and i bought my house for you I know think my math was wrong yeah, but no, I said <laughs> I said close to a hundred thousand. Yeah, but either way, I mean, you know, it's like I bought my house for close thinking, to two hundred thousand yeah. in twenty twenty. You know, and you can, and unfortunately, you can't find you can't yeah. get much of a house for two hundred thousand dollars. We bought in ours for back in twenty fifteen or whatever twenty sixteen, yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, you can't. Yeah, and now, but the, but the good thing about it is now you're sitting on equity a lot of it i mean my house now is worth almost three hundred thousand dollars if i update it and do you know do things and keep it well kept um you know that's and that's in three years i mean that's that's just amazing amount of you know wealth and equity that you've built you know by just buying a house now that's not probably going to happen if you buy a house now but i will tell you that barring world war (laughs) three you know that comes to north carolina heaven forbid you know um you buy a house today in North Carolina and, and especially in Moore County, um, you know, you're looking in five or 10 years, you're still going to be looking at 30 percent probably. I mean, no one knows the future, but three percent a year is pretty, That's pretty not, average. Yeah. I mean, probably below average for Moore County, I would yeah. I would suspect, because Moore County is uh, you know, vibrant and, and right. thriving and growing and people are always coming moving here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And leaving and moving. So, you know, uh, just and this isn't me, re- the real estate agent trying to get business. I mean, I would love your business, but this is just being honest with you. Like the people that say, I'm going to sit it out and wait right now. It's probably not a good idea if you can afford to buy a house right now, because I'm telling you, I mean, Golf House Piners is coming here. Uh, you know, the USGA mm-hmm. is bringing their thing here. Mm-hmm. They're creating Piners number 10 as we speak. Right. You know, those things absolutely are going to drive tourism business uh more people here then you've got fort bragg that continues to be you know one of the be- biggest facilities and in, in military institutions in in the world and definitely in the country yeah uh, and they're going to be continuing to have soldiers coming in and out in and out and they need places to live and buy and buy and, and stay so and, i mean and that's not even to mention that the uh the business community the the county government and and the individual cities and you know look at uh I keep wanting to call them Moore County Economic Development Partners, which is going to be the name if it's not already Partners in Progress. And they're looking to grow the industry, the manufacturing industry here or bring bigger 
you know, industry businesses that will need workers. And so you're going to, you're going to see a growth over the next 10 years, I think in, um, you know, mid, mid range, you know, high, high five figure, six figure jobs and people are going to be wanting houses. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it touches on another thing. I mean, I really do hope that we can get more affordable housing and, and apartments For and sure. multifamily. We, we need that yeah. in more County beyond what most counties need because I mean, because of the money that comes in here and all the people that can, af- that come from all over that can afford it, you know, we've, we've neglected, the affordable housing and and i mean affordable housing has not been so affordable lately either you know yeah. used to be like i said i got lucky used to be able to buy a house for two hundred thousand or less and you hear decent yeah and you hear older people all the time being like well yeah just kind of anecdotally saying that they bought their first house for 150 or mm-hmm. 200 i mean and i consider myself lucky as well that yeah. i found one for two hundred thousand. but we waited for you know a year or whatever mm-hmm. and looked at every chance we got and then finally you know we made some you know, we didn't get some of the elements that we wanted in the house, but we bought one that we could afford. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, um, $200,000 is now $300,000 right. for the same house in three years. So, you know, I, I feel fortunate about that, but we do need more affordable housing. And it's not just as simple as, you know, a magic wand for it to happen. I know there's so many things that have to happen for it. And, and, and I would love to be a part of that uh, conversation. If there's somebody that can has a solid idea, you know, yeah. I'd love to be a part of it and volunteer to to try to help that because it's super important. And I understand that, you know, I'm talking as the real estate agent, and um, you know, there's people that can't afford to buy a house. And I, I rent rentals are huge. We need we need affordable housing in general. Everybody does in the country, but Moore County, I think, especially because we have so many luxury homes and nice homes, and um, you know, people that can't afford them. But then, you know, the the blue collar people, the first time home buyers, the young people that can't afford a house. It's very sad and it's not going to get any better anytime soon. Yeah. And I know rental properties are a good investment for a, um, a landlord, you know, but I do think that there needs to be consideration given to the people, you know, America is what it is today because there was, housing that people could buy as first-time home buyers and then start to build that equity and grow their wealth and then afford a bigger home somewhere else and so then that home opened up but i think a lot of people who bought that first-time home are still in it even though you know historically by the this time or you know whatever time frame it is they would have moved out already into a bigger home Mm. and then that first time opportunity would be there for somebody else but yeah. that it's not the biggest accumulation of wealth for most people in their lifetime is is from owning real estate owning the house and then mm-hmm. 20 years later they sell that house and it's worth twice what it was before and you can get a little bigger house and you yeah. can retire and you don't have a big payment and that's and you have equity so if you need to borrow off that house you can get a home equity line of credit and and borrow it if you need to and do updates or pay off credit card bills or anything so owning real estate is is a huge thing and and not everybody understand that there's it, we've created this thing where that the, the, only kind of the, the majority probably 
can uh, the, I'm sorry, the majority cannot afford maybe right. somewhere close. I mean, this is a lot of people that live below those means, and that's sad, and we need to fix that. But yeah, and um, you know, you and I are speaking from without any data or yeah. without you know just generically perception speaking, yeah. and and anecdotal. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, I, but I would say you know the biggest thing is if you can at this time, if you can't, there's, there's probably not going to be any this crash, especially in Moore County. Um, so if you're thinking that you probably need to rethink things. Secondly, if you if you and your spouse or you, you know, you, you have enough to where you can't like, look, I can get approved and I can help you out get, or anybody at realtor can help you out getting a, a trusted lender um, can get approved uh, for a certain amount. It, it, it makes a lot of sense to buy a house in Moore County right now if you can afford it. I know that not everybody can, but. Trust me, when I feel like a three hundred thousand dollars house is going to be a four hundred thousand dollars house in probably ten years. Um, well, let's move since we probably are running short on time. Yes. Let's move to, you know, for people to buy a house. We just talked about um, availability and the um, time on market and all that stuff. Somebody's got to sell a house. It's many times somebody's got to sell a house for somebody to buy it. Mm-hmm. So. For a homeowner, what is what kind of steps do you look when you are broking broking a house? <laughs> um, I don't know if you whichever side you want to take it from, but like what if it if it's a buyer, what kind of steps do you look for that the seller has taken to get it ready for the buyer, or from a seller's perspective, what steps okay. should a home owner make to kind of give their home the best chance of making them the most money yeah so quickly i'll touch on both those so as a seller if you're looking to sell soon you want to declutter everything you want to clean things and you want you want a real estate agent to come in most likely unless you do deal with this all the time and say okay if there's any updates or repairs that need to be done prior to listing it you know those are usually major things you know if, if you're if you have a plumbing leak or something you want to take care of that if you have your hvac is having trouble you want to get that serviced and figure it out if you can afford to you don't always have to but the, to get the most money if those things are working, those major items are working fine or new, um, you're going to get the most money f- for what that is. And decluttering is huge. You know, throw things in closets, throw things in the garage. That's okay. Make the house look more spacious than it is with all your toys and kids' toys and whatever, you know, whatever oh, yeah. you can do to declutter is huge. Um, and curb appeal, you know, if you can afford to get a little bit of landscaping, just a thousand dollars worth of landscaping can go a long way. For curb appeal, for people to walk in, make sure the house is clean. And I know that's hard to do, but if you have the budget, you can do those things. If you don't, you know, then it's all about pricing it. And we, we need to price it if there's, you know, if, the, if it needs a new roof soon, if it needs a new HVAC, we need to take what market value would be if it was updated and then be realistic and take, okay, this the new HVAC is going to cost $8,000. This roof might cost fifteen. You know, let's be realistic and still try to get the most money for what we're getting, but but price it and and market it as, hey, you know, we're, we're pricing this to sell, you know, because we, we know there's some issues here. Um, or you can start a little high and then and just, you know, see what comes comes there if you have more time. And then the, you can still negotiate further once you go under contract so buyers and sellers can negotiate repairs and all that. Um, now, buyer side, I would say is, um, you know, look for when you're looking at houses, you know, it depends on what you're what you're looking for. If you're okay with a little elbow grease and you know how to do a lot of things and you're handy with your hands and, and you, you know a lot about, you know, construction or 
plumb or whatever those things are, then maybe you're more okay buying a house that needs a lot of renovation. <clears throat> you're going to get a better deal on it because it needs renovation, but you better be willing to do the work, you know, and get it up up to par. Um, you know, a lot of people want turnkey houses, you know, that are ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so remember that as sellers, if you can get everything kind of ready to go, you're probably going to get more money for for your dollar there. But, um, you know, buyers need to look for things. I mean, when you walk into a house, I always go into the crawl space. I look and make sure that I don't see any noticeable water or mold on joists or girders underneath the house. Um, you know, look for uh, effinescence, which is salt lines, you know, from water on the center block and under the crawl spaces. Um, you know, if it feels and smells damp in there, there might be some issue with water. Water is a big thing you want to look for in a house. Um, if the subfloor is, you know, they can put brand new, I see this a lot, they'll put brand new luxury vinyl plank or flooring down and you walk and you can notice humps and sags and things in, in the floor. And that's usually caused from subfloor rot or joists, uh, you know, something going on with the joists or the girder, which support the house, mm-hmm. making those floors uneven. Usually uh, look for those things um, and, and look for, you know, water evidence of water coming through roofs and ceilings. You can usually see water stains if they haven't painted it, um, different things like that. So, you know, just just trust in your real estate professional to go in there and know what they're looking at and look for things and and to really analyze a house that you walk in. Uh, another thing I want to mention with buyers is that a lot of people, it's a myth thinking that you have to put 20% down. It's still a lot of people think you have to put 20% down to buy a house. You do not. And some loans are 0%. If you're a military uh, person or prior military or your spouse is, you can get a 0% loan. It's a VA loan from the Veterans Affair. You don't have to put nothing down, and you don't have to pay private mortgage insurance, which uh, mortgage insurance is if you owe more than uh, if you owe more than uh, 80% uh, of your home on a loan, then you have to pay mortgage insurance to uh, protect the, the lender and the mm-hmm. bank from if you defaulted that they at least have some sort of insurance to pay some of that back. Um, you know, uh, veterans don't have to pay private mortgage insurance in most cases. Uh, they don't have to put anything down. Uh, their interest rate is usually lower. Uh, it's a government backed loan. So, you know, that's your benefit from being in the military that you know, the government provides. Uh, other government loans, like a USDA loan or an FHA loan, uh, USDA is also typically 0% down in most cases. Um, so, you don't have to put anything down. Uh, interest rates are typically lower. Uh, same similar scenario to VA, but they're more restrictive that the appraiser has to be licensed to do that. And they're more picky about things because the government's backing that entire house. It can't be a rundown house it has to have things. And if there's not the things that need to be fixed, they need to be fixed prior to settling that prior to closing. Mm-hmm. Um, FHA typically is 3.5% down. And for people that make less money, um, typically you have to qualify. You only qualify to a certain amount, but those, those uh, prices have gone up. So I, I think I've seen even recently a $350,000 uh, FHA loan where you, if you're qualified for that and you make below a certain amount, you and your spouse or you individually, you can typically qualify for 3.5% down uh, as opposed to 20 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most uh, common loan is a conventional loan. Um, that's the t- typical traditional conventional loan. If you're buying a house to live in it, um, typically you can find a conventional loan for five percent down. Um, that's you know that's it's not chump change, but it's right. also not nowhere near twenty percent. I mean, most people don't have eighty thousand dollars or hundred thousand dollars sitting in the bank. Yeah. So five percent, you know, you're looking at and we're depending on the price of the house. You know, fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. You know, even ten in some cases. You can. 
you know, potential. Well, maybe not ten, but you know, fifteen to twenty thousand right. dollars. Maybe, maybe not 000. here, but yeah, yeah. other places. Yeah. yeah. So you know, that's um, you can get five, for five percent down. You know, you can get uh, that. You do have to pay private mortgage insurance if you put anything less than twenty percent on a traditional loan, and that's usually it. Just varies. It's not a ton of money every month, but you know, it, it is money you have to pay. Um, you know, you always have to pay your taxes and escrow and all that. But um, you know, so it, but if you're buying an investment home. Um, there are some where you still don't have to put 20% down in some cases you can buy, uh, you know, uh, or second home. Uh, so if you're buying a second home and you're moving to that home, um, then usually you can get 5% down. But if you're buying an investment home, sometimes you can get 10, put 10% down. Um, you know, other times you have to put 20 or 25% depending on where it is and what the, how much money it's worth and the location. Um, but that kind of gets into the more complex investment side of things. But for the typical buyer, you know, you, it's, it's a complete myth that you have to put 20% down. You do not have to do that. And there are so many different types of loans um, and that are, uh, you know, aimed at helping certain types of people that make certain amounts of money. And, um, you know, so you know, just, just talk to a real estate agent, call me, I'd be happy to advise you on that and set you up with a lender who can advise you even more on that because I am not a lender. Um, a lender is the professional you need to talk to, but I know enough about it typically and generically speaking that I can give you good advice on it. Um, you know, so, uh, and then, and then we'll, maybe we'll do this again sometime soon. I do have to kind of wrap it up, but there are, we can talk about maybe next time we do this strategies of, uh, uh, current strategies of, of buying now and current strategies of selling and, and what I'm seeing and how, you know, what you can negotiate in a contract. I think maybe we'll do this again and we'll really dive into okay, yeah. that. Cause I think people do probably want to hear the stories of how, yeah, you, what you can do. That is, I think that would be a more real estate focused yeah. podcast. This one was yeah. more like, let's chat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, know it's so. good. It's kind of a recap. You know, yeah. I think this is episode 20, so yeah. I think it's a good recap. Mm. It might be episode 21. Yeah. Remind people of me and yeah. what I do and who talk we are about and where Moore County. And, yeah. Yeah. So thanks for having me again, Frank. I, I hate that I no, kind of rambled for, on here, but yeah, we I do. Both did. I have to go, uh, get a, a due diligence check from a client and drop it off at a um, another firm. So uh, well, I had to thank- do that before one. Then I dropped my car off that I just had to buy because the other car was a piece of, you know what, um, unfortunately. And, a Ford POS? Yeah, that's pretty what, much. Yeah. The first time I heard somebody say that, I was like, what's that? Yeah. They were like, if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. As a real estate agent, the hardest thing for me is to buy a car, and I had to do it recently. And I'm, I'm lucky I can f- afford to do it, but – a car payment is the worst investment you can ever make. You know? right. <laughs> but, well, it's a great investment in your family, right? The reason right. I did it is because my, my other car was not reliable. I have two young kids. My wife, they need to be safe. They need to be able to not break down on the side of the road. Mm. And they need a car that's reliable and, and can fit things that we need. So that's yeah. why I did it. But we as a just, real estate agent, don't go buying a Ferrari before you buy a house. Right. Buy a house first. Yeah, okay? seriously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, so. Buy it. Yeah, a car will only ever depreciate. Yeah, yeah. If you got enough money to bu- to finance a Ferrari, then you, got enough you money probably got enough money to buy a house. Buy the house first. Yeah, yeah, buy a second home. Yeah. Rent it out and then buy the Ferrari. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, I appreciate it, Frank. I'm sorry it's kind of all over the place here, but hopefully somebody got some valuable information yeah, there somewhere. You know, at least they may they learned a little bit about um your family and your life and so maybe um they might 
be able to crack your passwords a little faster. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, no. So if you, if you need uh, any advice on real estate or if you are thinking about becoming a real estate agent or if you want to buy or sell or anything like that, I'm happy to answer um, you know, your call. And so my number is 910-690-1454. Uh, Facebook, you can go to um, Tony Barnes, um, facebook.com slash Tony Barnes underscore KW Realtor, um, or just Google Tony Barnes Realtor and you'll you'll see the various things that I have. And you can also, I would do this again, I've mentioned this before, any realtor you choose, um, and I would suggest interviewing multiple ones. I'm not that egotistical to think you just need to interview me. That's it. I, I suggest you interview many and look on Zillow. And, and even though it's not God's word per se, Look at their ratings. Look what they've sold. You can see you can get a lot of information on Zillow and Realtor.com on how what kind of volume somebody's a real estate agent is doing, how uh, their ratings are, how the people are perceiving them, how many they have. Um, you know, there's a lot that you can find about how professional somebody is by going on Zillow or Realtor.com and, and looking at the reviews and looking at what they sold. That'll I would suggest to every I've I've got almost five stars, uh, just about five stars. Um, out of like 27 ratings, I think, in, in the five years that I've done it. So, you know, I, I really strive to help people uh, and and to do what I can. So I would love your business. If you'd like to give me a call, 910-690-1454. Uh, we'll do this again, and we'll talk a little bit more about the deep dive of real estate, which is, I think, pretty intriguing for most people. So yeah, yeah. we'll do that again. So I meant to ask you about foreclosures. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. I, I, I have sort of steered clear of those okay. recently, or a lot. I, I know mean, it's 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 kind of it's an an whole other beast. It is, and yeah. I would I would be the first to tell you I'm happy to help you on a foreclosure, but I would I would get help because I don't deal with them on a regular mm-hmm. basis, and that's just being honest. You know, I mean, I would want somebody that's really a true pro involved in it on those right. types of deals because they're completely different. Yeah, so. and you got people who are professional flippers who are mm-hmm. you're competing against, and all oh, yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we'll dive in. We got There's plenty to talk about real estate, so maybe we'll make this a monthly or bi-monthly thing or something. Yeah, so, quarterly yeah. thing, yeah. Quarterly, or every, yeah. every 10, 20 episodes. Yeah, good. Well, yeah. yeah, good sense, yeah. So thank you again, Frank, for having me. My name is Tony Thanks. Barnes. We're signing off again. Bye, buddy. <laughs>